Welcome to the NutraCast, a production by Nutra Ingredients USA. I'm Danielle Masterson. Thank you for joining me here on the NutraCast, where we talk and share insights from inside the nutrition industry. The pandemic was a challenging time for the sports nutrition category, but it did bounce back in 2022 with a ton of new products and brands. So what innovations in sports and active nutrition are we seeing and what kinds of formulations are consumers demanding? To answer this, I am joined by Vaughn Dubau, the Global Director of Marketing and Microbiome Solutions at ADM. Hi, Vaughn, and welcome to the NutraCast. Hi, Danielle. Thanks for having me. So great to be here. It's great to have you on. So why don't you give us an overview sort of of the evolving sports and active nutrition space? What are you seeing out there? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I love how you you coined that question. You use both sports nutrition and active nutrition. And what we're really seeing is a blending of those two together. Sports nutrition is really evolving to become active nutrition and it's in being more inclusive of, of more people. And, you know, some of the things that we're seeing is that 53% of respondents right now classify themselves as active nutrition consumers, whereas it's a much lower number for sports nutrition itself. So for companies who are looking to really capitalize on the category, you're going to want to play more within that active nutrition space. Additionally, from there, you know, some of the things that we're seeing, you know, what's really promoting or pushing that active nutrition space to, to kind of take over for sports nutrition is really the fact that consumers are taking a lot of proactive steps trying to improve their long term health. And they're doing that through not only supplementation, but also through changes in their diets and lifestyle. And we've actually seen that 58% of North Americans have stated that they're looking to stay fit and be as active as they can for as long as possible, which is up significantly from pre-pandemic levels. Okay, that's good to hear because obviously I think we're all aware of the obesity levels here, especially in the U.S. So you said 58%? Correct. Yeah. 58% of consumers are stating that, you know, they're looking to make sure they can get fit and stay fit as quickly and for as long as, as they can. Where do you see opportunity for gut microbiome supporting solutions and why would you say they're important to this category? So, you know, this category really extends far beyond just what we might normally think of in terms of active nutrition or sports nutrition. And what I mean by that is if you look at what active nutrition consumers are looking for, they actually have five top areas that they're focusing on in the upcoming year. They not only want to be physically active, but beyond that, they want to make sure that they're taking products or eating foods that are going to support their immune function at 63%. 59% noted that they wanted to improve their digestive health. 55% noted they wanted to improve their mental well-being. 53% want to improve their heart health. And 51% want to improve their strength. So with that being stated, it's, it's such a wide open category that really the only one ingredient category that can touch upon all of these benefits is going to be the microbiome. So that's why we really believe that microbiome supporting solutions are the future of active nutrition because we can support immune function. You know, they also can support digestive health, mental well-being in the new space of psychobiotics. They can support specific heart health solutions. And there is actually a gut muscle axis that exists that enables us to improve strength and physical well-being as well. So with that being said, there's a direct correlation between the gut microbiome and what consumers are looking for. So we believe that, you know, it's the function of the bacteria, the good bacteria in the body that are going to enable us to give consumers the most amount of benefits possible while taking the least amount of products overall. 
That's really interesting. I don't think I've ever heard of the gut muscle axis. What do we know about it? Anything much? You know, so it, it's an emerging space without question. It really started to come into prominence within the last two to three years. And what we found is that there are specific microbes, there are strains which do interact with the skeletal muscle system in the body. And the way that they can work is is they're depending on the strain. Some have been shown to be really beneficial in regards to enhancing endurance, and they may do that through increasing glucose supply within the blood or decreasing some other specific biomarkers that occur during exercise, such as oxidative stress. Um, So there's a lot that can occur between the gut and the skeletal muscle in that in-between. So as this emerges, I think we're going to find more and more different categories that probiotics, prebiotics, and postbiotics are all capable of interacting with the known spaces, like I mentioned, but also start interacting with things such as strength, hypertrophy, or muscle growth. And they're only going to start being a bigger and bigger portion of that sports nutrition and active lifestyle category. So ADM recently launched its active lifestyle blend. What can you tell me about that? So the Active Lifestyle Blend is really exciting. And basically what this is, it's a blend of three proprietary probiotics that we have, and they come together to give us this Active Lifestyle Blend. The three that are included are our ES1, which is a Bifidobacterium longum, our BPL4, which is a Lactobacillus casei, and our BPL15, which is a Lactobacillus rhamnosus. And what this proprietary blend does, it's shown to support certain biomarkers related to post-exercise oxidative stress, which I alluded to just before. And what's so important about that is that when we exercise, we're building up all this oxidative stress. And it's it while some of it is necessary for muscle recovery and other things like that, you do want to limit it in some regard to help protect your muscle. So what we found is that by limiting oxidative stress during prolonged exercise, this blend is capable of showcasing benefits for exercise recovery and helping people get back into the gym or back onto the field or the court faster than they normally would without taking it. And just to confirm, this research was done not on the individual ingredients, but the specific blend. Is that correct? Yes, we do have published research on this blend, um, and we specifically showcased its capabilities within oxidative stress, as well as in multiple other biomarkers that are traditionally found in people who have experienced prolonged exercise, their biomarkers go way up. We've isolated those and shown that our blend is capable of reducing many of those biomarkers um, into lower levels, enabling that enhanced post-workout recovery. Interesting. I think it's fascinating to think about gut health combined with sports nutrition health. I think a lot of people probably don't think about gut health and how it ties to muscle and brain and all the other parts of the body. But Vaughn, is there a difference between the microbiomes of, say, the average Joe versus an athlete? That's a great question. And there is. There's a massive difference. There have been numerous studies which have been conducted which show that elite athletes have higher levels of specific bacteria within their body versus the average consumer. And you can even see differences in other groups of demographics of people from one group to the next. And so it's it's important to understand that if you want to be like the best athletes, you want to make sure that your microbiome is, is modulated like theirs. So while they may have higher amounts of certain bacteria and they've accumulated that naturally through a perfect diet and a, a rigorous training program, the average Joe like like me, like you, we can take these probiotics or postbiotics and we can put them within in our body, giving us that improved microbiota 
basically, you know, the breakdown and compare ourselves more akin to the, the elite athlete than the average Joe. All right. Good to know. What are some other areas of focus in the active nutrition sector that you're watching? You know, so there's a few different areas that we're actively watching. Um, the two that really stand out to me uh, are going to be within the beverage space. And the first one is hydration. And we've seen hydration drinks not only really explode over the last couple of years in popularity, but the projected growth is massive as well. So predominantly with those, you know, we see electrolytes being utilized. We also see various other uh, amino acids like beta alanine or L-carnitine. And we're noticing that they're starting to get beyond just hydration and are starting to be perceived with other benefits such as endurance or muscle building or even cognitive function, even when they might not have all of those ingredients included. Um, so hydration is a massive one. And then right beyond that is going to be energy. And that one makes a bit more sense within the, the beverage space because we all know how big the energy drink sector is. Um, but mm -hmm. they've really been growing. And what I've been finding exciting about energy drinks is that they're starting to move away from simply being jolts of caffeine and nothing more. They're starting to become much more well-rounded formulas given consumers actual functional benefits besides just caffeine-based energy. So when you can put in a microbiome solution such as a postbiotic, which is able to go into any liquid formulation, you give that consumer energy from the caffeine or whatever other stimulants you may have, but then you also provide benefits from things like electrolytes, like amino acids, either essential or branch chain, as well as then those microbiome solutions, which can further impact that gut muscle axis. Okay. And you mentioned caffeine. I'm wondering, do people still want caffeine or are they looking for other sources of energy? It, it depends. Is I hate giving that answer. It depends, but it really does. Within the energy drink sector, caffeine is still number one. Uh, you know, when you're going up against a drink that has so much caffeine in it, people are still looking for that jolt. However, we have seen a large demand for non-caffeinated versions of products, and we don't expect to see that, that demand to go down. For as many people who want caffeine, there's just as many people who are looking for functional benefits without that, that energy boost. So you can look on the energy drink market, you'll now see really three versions of energy drinks. Caffeinated, naturally caffeinated, or non-caffeinated. So within those three, just about everyone gets covered. Okay. What about other sources of functional benefits? Any botanicals that stand out to you or other ingredients that you're seeing? Yes, absolutely. And, you know, it's funny because you, you men we mentioned caffeine and we talked about that. And then I just brought up you could be caffeinated or naturally caffeinated. That's one of my favorite aspects of botanicals that I see have been growing lately. Um, some examples would be like guarna, uh, green coffee, yerba mate. They all have natural sources of caffeine in it. And what we've seen with consumer testing is that the average consumer prefers a naturally sourced caffeine versus an artificial one. So in this regard, we could offer something such as a green coffee extract standardized for caffeine, and that will trend higher among consumers than that same caffeine dosage from caffeine and hydrous, which is predominantly seen within those products. So on the botanical side, that's what we're really seeing for the energy. When it comes to physical performance, however, there aren't as many botanicals that have really been taking the limelight in that regard. What we've really been seeing is more botanicals in supportive functions, such as immune function support, digestive function support, and things like that. And in terms of protein, 
When it comes to protein, what we're actually seeing is that alternative proteins are way up. Um, and that's a trend that's been starting you know, for a long time and has been continuing on. We've noted that within the last 12 months, 44% said they've used a sports protein powder. Uh, 41% have noted that they've utilized protein-fortified foods. And even 38% noticed that they utilize protein-fortified baked goods, actually. So protein is really still the main supplier for the dietary supplement industry, and it actually accounts for about 90% of total dietary supplement sales worldwide. Uh, so when you put that into perspective, you think it, it's not only the king, it's by far the king. But the, the biggest difference now is that whey no longer has a stranglehold on the, the category. We're starting to see alternatives such as pea protein, soy protein, rice protein, and oat proteins all being utilized together to be able to give the same mouthfeel, texture, and flavor that people are accustomed to with whey, but from plant-based sources that give the same levels or similar levels of amino acids and branched-chain amino acids. Yeah, yeah. You can't get away from all those plant-based ones. I'm seeing so many. I feel like there's a new one almost every day coming out. Absolutely. Yeah. And the ones that we're seeing, you know, really leading the pack is pea protein. And the reason I say that specifically for the, the sports nutrition and active nutrition leaders out there is because it has the highest amount of branch chain amino acids traditionally for plants. So when you're looking to build muscle, L-leucine and the other two branch chain amino acids are really vital. So by having that those higher levels, you're able to really mimic or exceed what whey might be able to do for you. And since we're on the topic of trends, are there any trends that you're seeing among women specifically? We're actually noting a, a ton of trends with women. One of the great things that's been happening in the last couple of years is women are getting a much larger voice within the dietary supplement industry. So it's no longer the fact that a woman-centric product kind of sits on the shelf and it sits alone and, and no one really touches it. Now, companies everywhere are making products specifically designed to, for women um, because there's such a high demand. And so we're seeing a lot of different trends, both on the active nutrition side and sports nutrition side, in that women are looking to not only build lean muscle, but they're really trying to manage their body weight and manage their body fat percentage. So body composition is huge. But some of the biggest trends that we're also seeing is actually in relation to women's health throughout different age and life cycles. So we're seeing the premenopause, perimenopause, and postmenopause categories exploding. And within the dietary supplement space, they're looking for solutions that can really benefit them not only in given time of their of their life cycle, but also enhance their, their quality of life from there as well. So we actually have some solutions at ADM like Novasoy, uh, which is soy isoflavones, which has been shown to reduce predominance of hot flashes and things like that, as well as offer other health benefits for women. So really, the sky's the limit going forward for women-centric supplements. I think you're going to start seeing a lot more of them on the shelves or, you know, online on, on various sites and more and more companies formulating and specifically advertising directly to women. That is so good to hear. I've definitely noticed a wave of innovation among women's products. So I'm glad to hear about Novasoy and uh, some of the other trends that you pointed out. What about format? Is there any general preference in the sports nutrition community or does it kind of depend on, you know, the sport, maybe lifestyle or even age? 
in regards to dosage format, we've seen one trend really continue on, and that's for all dietary supplements. And that trend is that gummies really are taking over. So a couple of years ago, it would have been inconceivable to think that gummies could come anywhere near tablets or capsules. But the reality is, is that gummies are on pace to eclipse capsules in the next one to three years as the number one dosage format. As of this year, they are the number two dosage format, so they've overtaken tablets. So it's really crucial for companies out there who are at playing within the space to understand that you might not be a gummy company, you might not want to formulate with gummies because they can be challenging at times, but predominantly that's what the consumer wants. So you're going to start seeing more and more formulations in that format, but what's really gonna shine is the fact that Gummies are a challenging dosage format because of the liquid content. So most probiotics, most microbiome solutions have a really hard time surviving. Whereas if you're able to get an ingredient like a prebiotic or a postbiotic that is capable of surviving those water issues, you can then have a functional benefit in a gummy that's not possible from any other ingredient. So that that trend is always is going to keep continuing on, I believe, until gummies are the number one dosage format. Okay, good to know. And before I let you go, what's next? What's next? There is a lot of things coming up. Um, You know, one of the things that I can say, I've been posting about it on LinkedIn routinely, and I really think the next big thing within the industry is going to be what's known as psychobiotics. Those are biotics that are capable of interacting via the gut-brain axis, so another gut axis there, specifically through interactions with things like the vagus nerve. And what our initial research has found is that there are compounds that we currently offer as well as are in the process of of releasing, which very specifically impact not only your ability to like cognitive functions, but they can also really benefit you in regards to sleep, stress and other mental aspects. So I think psychobiotics are what is really going to take this industry to that next level. The more science that comes behind them, the quicker and faster it's going to grow. But I think that term is going to be an everyday, everyone kind of understands that that word sooner than later, as opposed to a longer adoption like it took, like for 20 years, it took to really adopt probiotics and accept them. Um, psychobiotics are going to be something that's warmly welcomed with open arms due to just so much they can do versus other natural compounds just not being able to impact the brain. Definitely. And I'm also equally excited about psychobiotics as the importance of mental health kind of comes to the fore. Absolutely. Yeah. Anything that can support people's stress, you know, and sleep in times like this, when people are stressed, inflation is high, uh, you know, everyone's hurting on money. So if there's anything that can be done naturally to help support people and make them feel better, you know, I just think it's a wide open opportunity. And the companies that are working on it now will be the ones that can really cement themselves as the leaders of that category. Definitely. And one more question. Will you be at Supply Side West? I will be at Supply Side West. I'm excited to be able to see you there, and hopefully I can see some uh, some listeners as well. We definitely look forward to seeing you and the team at Supply Side West. Von Dubau of ADM, thank you so much for dropping so much knowledge here on the NutriCast. Oh, absolutely. It's my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. It's always uh, you know, my pleasure to be able to talk with the NutriCast and you and the rest of the team. If you like what you just heard, you can subscribe to the NutriCast wherever you get your podcast. You can also head to NutraIngredients-USA.com for even more Nutri-related content. Thank you for listening. I'm Danielle Masterson. As always, I'll catch you here on the NutriCast next week.